How'd you locate us now? Well, even where I reside, out past the edge of what's known, we've heard tell about the man they call Star-Lord. Let's say we head out there right now. Your associates are welcome. Even that triangle-faced monkey there. I promise you. It's unlike any other place you've ever seen. And there, I can explain your very special heritage. Finally get to be the father I've always wanted to be. Welcome to the Film Coterie. I'm Roger. I'm Adam. And I'm Matt. And this is episode 15 for May the 4th, 2017. May the 4th be with you. I was going to see who was going to say that first. I've heard it all day. My wife even texted me that today. I don't even know how my wife knows that. It's <laughs> it's become too pop culture because even Frontier Airlines is running a May the 4th sale. With well then, forget it. I'm just, I'm not going to say it. If it's become too mainstream, yep, and too we've lost culture. it. It's out of our control. Man, I was doing it before it was cool. <laughs> well, it's already been a uh, we've already had a Dalek moment here trying to record the first time, but uh, we're doing pretty good, guys. Man, we're down here in my basement, the belly of the beast, down here in the dungeon. We've now become basement dwellers. We're now officially in a, <laughs> in a basement. <laughs> Recording a podcast from a basement. But it's not your mom's house. It's at least your own house. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> oh, man. So what's happening? What's been going on this week, Adam? Give us our... Uh, this is the Film Coterie podcast, and we, we have no semblance of order, no semblance of... <laughs> We're on location. It's a special week. <laughs> it's a special week, right? Uh, you know what else is special? Now, don't fall out of your chairs. I know we've been waiting for this moment for a very long time. But Dark Tower released a trailer, if you can believe it. Oh my goodness. A few short weeks away, we'll be seeing the movie. The trailer is finally out. So did you guys have the chance to check it out? You know I did. You watched it with me in my office. And I did as well. Okay. Thoughts? I, I haven't read the books. This holds no special place in my heart. For me, I go, eh, it's a Stephen King movie. And I watch the trailer and it looks good. I like Idris Alba a lot, um, but I, I have no connection to this, right? I don't, I mean, I know generally about it, but that's about it. Yeah, I don't think any of us here are Dark Tower nuts. I read the no, first three books in high school, and I couldn't tell you why I stopped. For some reason, I just drifted away from the series. I never finished it. I liked what I read, and I think the movie looks pretty good. My fingers are crossed. I'm hopeful. I'm a little scared by Sony's marketing in the movie. Yeah, well, you know, it's Stephen King, so it's going to be weird. It's going to be fantastical. It's going to have an element of horror in it. So, I mean, you know, the Dark Tower is all of those things, you know. And so, yeah, I'm I'm open my I'm open minded. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping it's going to be good and might spawn a new series of movies that could be interesting. You know, I love what they're doing with the speed reloads because the gunslinger in the books it just describes how superhumanly fast he is. 
And in the trailer, they show us maybe three or four different ways he reloads his gun. Super fast. The chamber's spinning. He just pours the bullets in. Other times they're coming down. He just swings his gun to the air and reloads. It's it's kind of cool, that effect work. You know, it is. <clears throat> but for me, excuse me, for me, you always tread that fine line of being really cool to being comical. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, I think they did okay with it, you know? Um, I would have preferred maybe one or two versions of that instead of the six we got in the trailer, maybe. That would just seem almost a little bit over the top for me. But You know me, I'm always the stickler for reality. But the reality is, is in the trailer, that boy goes through a portal to another world. I'll accept anything at that point. If you give me that, I'll accept whatever. Just don't do it in the real world. These are basically knights with guns. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. And, his, and the poster shows us his guns light up with blue runes, so there's a fantastical element to him anyway. Sure. Absolutely. And I like the version of the prayer we get in the trailer at the end. He's saying the gunslinger's prayer over a few scenes cut together that are pretty well put. Yeah, no, I he mean, takes the shot. You know, he's listening to everything, and that's a cool shot. Yeah, very, very, very much so. So, I, yeah, I think it has the potential to be something really, really good. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to going and seeing it. And the more interesting I can get, the better. I think he's a great actor. He's so. in Thor this year too. So Heimdall, yep. I think, gets a pretty good role in this movie. Nice. This one it seems like April Fool's news. But it's been rumored for a while. It's not yet confirmed, but it's looking very likely that none other than David Fincher will be directing the World War Z sequel. Stun silence. Well, I'm just not. I, I'm I'm not excited about World War Z too. Uh, that's as simple as that. I, regardless of who's directing it, it it I'm just not a zombie fan. We. We've talked about this. I, I just, yeah, but it's not I, my thing. I can't figure what's drawing David Fincher to this property. I have no idea. I don't know what he's going to do with it or why. Brad Pitt. I mean, they work together on Seven. But, I mean, this is a weird property for Fincher, and he wants it. I mean, that's the thing. That's not Fight like this. Club. Yeah. Yeah. That's two. I, I mean, that's Brad Pitt, yeah. But there must be something about this he wants to do, because he adapts books. I mean, he's adapted a lot of books. But this is kind of an there was a World War Z book, but the movie well, went far afield well, from that. Yeah, what is left to do in a part two? You know, I mean, I don't know. I, I, for me, I just can't get any juice going for a World War Z two movie. Maybe I'm in the same camp with Matt. Yeah, I even, I'm just like, yeah, oh, okay. I might watch it if that's what gets voted on a Thursday night go see movie thing. But I wouldn't just go out of my way to go see part two. This does remind me, it's out there on VOD now. Girl with All the Gifts is a good zombie movie. It's different than your other zombie movies. Glenn Close is in it. There's a surprisingly good cast. And it's a little more sci-fi. It has an interesting angle. So, for anyone listening, if you're tired of zombies, and believe me, I'm with you. I I'm, I don't know that I'm even coming back for Walking Dead next year. This one was a chore to get through for me. Girl with All the Gifts is a is a good watch it's like the last of us the video game if you've heard of that at all oh yeah with the fungal zombies yeah okay that's cool yeah i, I might is it same is it a is it a journey movie too like no okay i say it's a little more sci-fi because in the movie the soldiers are working with children okay and they're not your normal children so these are children born to positive mothers that had the infection so in the movie they're testing the children because they're trying to figure out if they're actually intelligent or they're just mimicking us. 
if they're traps, you know, they get us close to an innocent looking child. Oh, I see what you're or saying. Or does the child actually have some sort of intelligence and independence? And that's where it's different and more thoughtful than your average zombie movie. Okay. And, w- and what was the name of this again? The Girl with All the Gifts. The Girl with All the Gifts. Okay, cool. What else has been happening this week? Are you guys ready to really go on location? I have us a table at Days of the Dead Louisville. Uh-oh. Road trip. Yep. I'm excited for it. I know a couple other people going. Wow. We're going to have an actual booth this year. We're hoping to meet some listeners, and we'll have some fun stuff going on at our booth. We're still narrowing down the specifics, but we will be on the road and in Louisville. And I'm working on a couple um, things for that trip that could be pretty awesome if it comes together. So <clears throat> I think there'll be some announcements as we get closer and stuff going on. And uh, yeah, this will give us a chance to get out. And I, this is the one way you'll get me to a horror convention, yep. Adam. <laughs> Is to say we're taking the we're taking the podcast. The film coterie is going to uh, Days of the Dead in Louisville. So I guess that'd be the way you get me there. It's September first through third. So if you happen to go or know anyone else going, let us know. Hit us up on social media. And Absolutely. We'll get a get together going. Lots more to talk about in the weeks to come as we get yep, closer. That's just the announcement. We do yeah. have a table. They sold out fast. So I'm glad I was able to pull the trigger on that. People can see us in person. Yep. Not wow. in the basement. Maybe okay. we can maybe we can make our booth look like a basement. <laughs> That's all the news I got this week. It's a light news week. Started the summer though, so. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we got through the dregs that was April. April was rough. Whew. Tough month for movies, let me tell you. Oh, it- come on. <laughs> You'll you'll find out later when we do our monthly movie review grade card. Yeah, April's going to have a tough grade card, I think. It's a tough month. All right. Well, you're listening to the Film Coterie. When we get back, it's time for our review of our Thursday night movie. The fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do... Don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately and we'll all be dead. Now repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh-huh. I agree. No! Welcome back to the Film Coterie, and it's Thursday night, so that means we went and saw a new movie. Uh, tonight, we had the pleasure of watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dos. The summer has started. Yes. I was so excited. All right. And it was a fun summer. So I think the last podcast we were at was we went and we had Free seen... Fire. Free Fire? Yep. I started with Adam. So tonight, Roger, what I'm, did you I'm think? I'm not going first. Oh, wow. I think Matt should go first. All right, I'll go first. I went first last time when we did Free Fire because I was the only one I who asked, liked it. I asked Adam. No, All right. Adam lied to you. All right. I went I'll first. go first. Okay, no, I want to go first now. Nope, I'm going first now. Too bad. Okay. All right. So who? what did I think of the movie? Um, not as good as the first one. 
It had minimal plot, looked gorgeous. I'll buy it when it comes out. I'll probably watch it again, and then I'll probably watch it again begrudgingly. And that'll be about it. I think I'm the most positive on this movie. I liked it. Um, This is maybe the most fun I had in the theater yet this year. I just really enjoyed myself for the runtime. I like all the characters. They do some Empire Strikes Back level breaking them up for a bit. That helps develop them. Give them some more time because there are a ton of characters in this movie. A lot. We have the original Guardians and they're really giving us a heavy splash of Yondu, Nebula, and newly Mantis. So she's... Yeah. You get more characters, more screen time. Plot is minimal, but I like that it's not a retread. They didn't try to go over the top of the first one. And there's no Thanos. There's no... I mean, that's not a secret. The director made it clear to everyone he's not doing Thanos. There's no Infinity Stones. It's more... Maybe the most standalone movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, probably. Because it doesn't have to connect with all the other webbing and everything else they're trying to do in the movies. Well, it's almost like, and by nature, Guardians, to me, as not a big, huge comic book person, it seems like it's outside of the Marvel universe. It's in, in its in, it's in its own galaxy, right? I mean, it's in its own area, you know? And this movie definitely had that same feeling of detachment. You, I mean, you changed the, the, the titles a little bit, and it, it wouldn't have felt like a Marvel movie to me, you know? Um, just because I, I'm not, I don't know all those characters. It would have just seemed like a really cool space, fantastical movie to me, you know. Now I know those characters are iconic in the Marvel universe. I'm not I'm not saying that at all, but you know, there's no connectedness to the Avengers to that to me outside of the first one when they had the Infinity Stone and, and Thanos, you know. So, um, I, I guess I'm probably. I liked it, you know. I laughed a lot. It's probably it is by far the most fun I've had in the movies uh, this year, as far as just humor and comedy, uh, some great lines. But they went right to that edge of kind of like almost too much forced comedy on you for a little bit to me. Well, it was. You know? It was like after everyone watched the first one, everyone was like, "Oh, Drax stole the show. He stole the show." And right from the beginning of this movie, it's like we're going to ram Drax down your throat. And it took away the specialness of the moments that Drax actually has in movie. It took away what made his character great from the first one. When they were just trying to ram it down. It seemed as the movie went along, they kind of spaced things out and it wasn't trying to force feed you that. And maybe it's because they split them up and you were having, you know, you were watching part of the team without Drax there. But I felt that was kind of forced. They're like, oh, you like Drax? Have a lot of Drax. And that... That wasn't the charm and of that character. And he's a character. funny character. He is a he's right, very but, funny. But the but the charm of Drax wasn't that he was talking all the time. Right. It was that when he talked, it was funny and right. great. No, yeah. Just a good moment. Well, yeah. and it's hard to tell because the first Guardians is really special. We had nothing like it before. Oh yeah. All the characters were good. It was real just a fresh breeze of air yep. in the MCU. Now the characters are a little more old hat. We're more familiar with him. And the tough thing with Drax is he has no throwaway dialogue. He's never usually in a conversation. He's literally all punchlines. Yeah. So I think yeah. it stands out a little bit more and maybe feels a little bit more for us just by the nature of his character that that's how he, he talks and that's who he is. There's no such thing as small talk with Drax. No, you're right. I agree. And look, I, 
my criticisms are there, but I'm, I like the movie, right? It's not like I'm going to come in here and be like, oh, this is an awful movie. I liked it. No, I enjoyed it. A, there were a, great yeah. moments in this movie. This movie was gorgeous. Thin on plot, but mm, come on. Um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a better looking movie this year. I, I don't. What about Valerian when it comes out? I, I mean, we saw the trailer again right before, and I, I think this might have the edge. This is the movie I've seen that really makes HDR stand out to me for the colors and everything else. I mean, it, it looked great. We yeah. saw it in 3D. I wish we hadn't seen it in 3D. I'd yeah, much me too. Rather I'm have just seen being it honest with you. Normal, but. And then you got to jump to the smaller screens. That's always the problem. Because even at the Lennox, the other theater we go to, the two main lobbies are 3D. You're yeah. Just on a much smaller screen with a worse yeah. sound system. Yeah, I guess we're just too old school or something. I don't no, know. No, I, I believe me. I wish we could have seen it big, loud, and not in 3D. Yep. Yeah. Um, the 3D was good. Yeah. No, the 3D was good. Yeah. And, and, you know, and they do smart. They put smart humor in it all through the movie, which I think was great. And um, there's some. There's continual callbacks to the 80s, which is this very sweet spot for me. So, you know, um, and then the music is always great. It's usually, uh, did you guys think the music was, was, was as good this time or did it wane on you a little bit? Or did you think it was spot on the, the songs they picked when they, with what action scenes they played? See, see, my problem is, is I watched Guardians, the, the volume one yesterday to kind of catch up and... Me and Zach sat on the couch. Zach's down here in the basement with us, and we we just sat in the couch and we laughed and we thought, oh, the, we remembered how much we liked this movie, right? And then it was like it lost a little bit. Of, it was beautiful, funny. I laughed a lot, but I don't know. What about the music for you guys? You know, I'd have to see it again. I mean, there are certain songs in this one I really like. Their use of the chain, for example, was a highlight to me, and I love the opening scene uh, with the portal monster that's in the trailer. The opening scene was awesome yeah because they show that a lot in the trailer and it's that's over and done with yeah and it doesn't play out the way you think it's going to play out no it's so well shot yeah it is yep it it might be the the best opening to a marvel movie like i find i found myself trying what do i want to focus on (laughs) foreground or background (laughs) yeah there's a lot of stuff going on it's a very technical shot because there's hidden cuts in there, but it's hard to tell the cuts because so much is CG. Yeah. But characters are coming in and out of frame, and they, they do a great job in that opening shot. No, that, that opening shot is great. And they just know how, at least with Guardians, they know how to mix in humor. They, they don't take themselves serious, you know? Um, how do you feel that some of the more heartfelt moments, do you think that they resonated and connected with you guys? Not all of them did, but the main one did. I... I thought that was well done. The main co- emotional storyline. Um, not every character gets a lot, but I like that it, it feels they're all authentic. Rocket still has a pretty good hurt character storyline. He, I think he's a very realistic portrayal of someone that's pretty damaged. And yet he's got a family that'll take care of him and they all look out for each other. So I like that that was coming through. But good lord, the whole them saying family is almost as bad as Fast and the Furious. Yeah. We can all acknowledge that, right? Well, well that movie does have Vin Diesel. In. Both movies had yes. Vin Diesel in them, so I guess he just has family wherever he goes. <clears throat> Their strength as a family is so good that you don't have to say it. I mean, the audience knows. They all care for each other. They go back for each other. We don't need to be beaten over the head with it. So that's where the writing got really heavy for me when it was already so apparent. Yeah, but I have to say overall for me... I really liked the movie. 
these are just, you know, it's almost like you expect perfection from these guys. And when you don't get it, so you're going to nitpick at all the little things that you didn't like. But the whole package, <clears throat> you're going to enjoy this movie when you go see it. You're going to laugh when you go see it. I, I don't, you know, but I think probably to a consensus, every we had a group of eight, six, eight that went. Eight, eight. And the consensus was, eh, it's okay. Not as good as the first one. You know, that seemed to be the consensus from everybody that I talked to, um, you know, in our circle that went. Yeah, and I'd agree. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I was worried. I, I got less worried as the movie got closer because the director was making it clear they're doing something different. If they tried to remake the first one, we'd have a different movie. There'd be two Infinity Stones and another villain that wants to wipe out yeah. a species. And this is different. There's a different villain in this. They've hidden it. You know, it's kind of nice. I, I like the movie that the trailers do not give the movie away. No, at not at all. Not at all. Which but, was really nice. But I have to say, you knew after about two minutes in who the real villain of the movie was. It was it came it was like a softball being tossed at you. At least for me. Yeah. But like I said, I'm thankful the trailers do not give away the movie. They do not at all, no. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that that was kind of short, but yeah. <laughs> we I, we definitely don't want to give away any spoilers with this thing because no. it, hopefully it's a monster. Hopefully people go take a look at I mean, I'm oh, sure tracking. it will be. It's tracking yeah. huge. Yeah. I mean, um, we were in the theater. We were I mean, we went to the nice theater tonight with reserved seating and recliner chairs and it was sold out it was a complete sellout we yep. bought tickets six weeks ago yeah yeah so stay through the credits there's five stingers five stingers all right oh. so i don't even know if i did this with the fate of the furious because i already knew my vote but film coterie recommends does this movie make the cut i will start with adam adam would you recommend this movie this is my easiest yes of 2017. Ooh. All right. Roger. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> he's just keeping you on your toes. That's not. It's like he's going to make my head explode. Uh, and yes. this is the second easiest yes for me of 2017. I'm trying to think what your first one might maybe get out. Nope. Logan? No. What was your easiest? Easy? John Wick 2. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That's still my favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Even over this. I enjoyed this. I just like, I, I just like the John Wick universe. I don't want to tell you. Before we wrap up, though, let's talk about the level of violence for families. Because I think this is an interesting sticking point there, for this movie. There are. Yeah. We talked about this. Everyone was up in arms because John Wick 2. Oh, so many deaths. So many people get killed. They're I, I don't know how many deaths are in this movie. Maybe 200, 300? <laughs> it's a lot. And that's what I want to bring up because in other Marvel movies, yep. like in Age of Ultron, there's tons of Ultron units dying. Or there's robots. robots. Yeah. No, that's yep. the difference. Yep. Captain America has Hydra agents going down. But I think, at least as far as I can tell, this might be the most violent Marvel movie. Oh, uh, by far. And you know what really... Not gory violence. Part, part, part no. of what really bothers me about this is that... They're marketing this to little kids. They got Baby Groot, who's cute, and they're going to have little Baby Groot toys. And all of these parents are going to take their six, seven, eight year old, five year old to go see this Guardians of the Galaxy 2 movie. And it's 
a lot of deaths. I mean, and yet just because they don't show the blood flying everywhere, death is still death. And and the language is pretty. It's. it's I'm assuming what this is a PG-13. Yes, it's PG-13. Yeah, I think this is one of the first Marvel movies that I may literally wait till my son would be 13 before he gets to see it. There's that much death in it. I mean, there's one scene where in about two minutes, at least 200 people die. And it's, it's nonchalant. For, it's yeah, it's played for fun. They're gleefully doing it, even Rocket. Yeah, I, I mean, but that's but that's another thing that's disturbing. It's like it's fun to kill. Yay! Play some music, slow mo walk, death. <laughs> and these aren't just stormtroopers, because you know, I mean, a ton of stormtroopers. They're go not down. faceless. Yeah, these are these are people. Yes, sentient beings. Not yes. robots. Not clones. Not anything. But yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, I, I I don't I didn't know I I don't know yeah that was a little yeah I mean I was kind of surprised I mean it kids love Groot and Rocket and this is this is a Groot Rocket and death <laughs> surprisingly high body count yeah absolutely yeah right, so but uh, it looked like we all recommend it so this will be hitting the film coterie recommends yeah it's been a stretch since we've had one. Yeah, April was not so hot of a month. But uh, we will take a short break and be back with, uh, what are we doing next? April Great Cards? Or yeah, we'll do the April Great Cards April next. Great Cards next? All right, April has thankfully reached an end. We're out of the movie wasteland and into the summer, so it's time for us to do our grade cards for the month of April, where we'll start in reverse order, give out our Fs, and move to our As. So the movies we are scoring are movies that came out new in April on in theaters, on VOD, um, any available platform like that. Cool. So I'm going to open it. <laughs> I know the answer to this already. <laughs> We're starting with F. F. Are there any movies that you gave an F to in April? Matt. F. 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 Stands for Fate of the Furious. F. That's about I've said my piece on that movie. One of the people we went to dinner with tonight actually confronted you she, on she your did. review of Fast and the Furious. She did. She's like, you called me dumb. You did. <laughs> I did. I did. So. <laughs> On the internet. Oh, darn. It was an interesting debate. They both held their own. I can't believe I missed that. Yeah, Dang it. Was that it. Lunch, <laughs> dinner. Listen, I was salty about it, but if you go back and listen to it at the end, I said, look, if if you like this franchise, it's a movie for you. It's just not a movie for me. So. Okay, Roger, do you have any Fs? I do not have any Fs. And I do not either, so. That's the lone F for the month. Uh, we'll move up to D. And here's where Fate of the Furious fell for me. D I consider below average. And that's where I put Fate of the Furious. I don't think it's a war crime. <clears throat> I didn't say it was a war crime. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's just one of the but worst movies I've ever seen. I, I don't even go that far. But it's just a D for me. Yeah, and it's also a D for me. Um, just ludicrous at times and uh 
Yeah, we, we like the actor, or are you saying that is like no, it, the movie's the ludicrous. movie is ludicrous. Okay. <laughs> the movie is just ridiculous at times. Um, but you know what? If you are a fan, I can't give it an F because if you're a fan of the series, you'll probably find something redeeming in the movie. You know, um, so it was a D for me. But it, you know, C would be average. This is definitely below average. Okay, Matt, did you have any other D's? I had no D's. Okay. Moving on to C. We'll start with Roger this time. Did you have any C movies? I did not have any C movies. Okay. Uh, Matt? Uh, I had two. The only other two movies I saw this month. So that would be The Void, uh, which I got to watch courtesy of you, and Free Fire. I thought both had great potential and just couldn't pull it off. Yeah, we covered Free Fire. That was a C for me as well. Uh, it just amounted to not a, a whole lot. I think it wasted the potential, and I, I would have liked to have seen it gone some different directions. So average score. Yeah. And then I also gave The Void a C. Um, this had the feeling of kind of some early Carpenter work. I love that they had prosthetic effects and real effects and monsters. It just couldn't quite get the trigger all the way pulled. It, it dragged in yeah. parts, and it was so close. I mean, it was almost there, and I still think it's worth a watch. But I give the void a C. Yeah, I would watch any average. I mean, that's why I said on both of them, I think they were just close to being really good. Both of them, I think. It just, but you're right. They couldn't pull the trigger. So, yeah. And Roger, you said you had no C's? No C's. Yeah. My, uh, my only B is Free Fire. Uh, that was the only other movie I saw. And I guess I was just a little warmer on it than you guys were. And that kind of came out in the podcast last yeah. week. Yeah, I enjoyed it a little bit more. Enjoyed the humor. Enjoyed the interaction. Wasn't quite as slow for me, but <clears throat> I'm not really. I guess I, I probably don't see as many of that style of movie that maybe you guys do. You know what I'm saying? I'm less exposed to that genre, maybe. Um, and so I was a little warmer on it. So I get, I give it a B, and I also I also recommended it last week. So, yeah. Uh, my only B is the Lost City of Zed. Uh, neither of you saw this. I had the chance to check it out. Yeah, I know you checked it on a Saturday morning. Yep, I yep. haven't reviewed it. Uh, I do like the movie. It's based on a fairly popular book, I believe, about an explorer that kept going back to find a city that showed that some of the population in the rainforest was more advanced than British society ever thought. You know, they thought of them as savages, but he found some pottery and some other stuff that indicated uh, maybe they peaked and had some earlier civilizations than we thought. So, uh, well done. Charlie Hunnam's in it. Um, it's expensive. I was surprised how much the movie covered from World War One to the river ex exploration and everything else. Um, it, it plays a little long, but I think it needs to to tell the story. So, Lost City of Zed, I give a B. Awesome. Do you have any A's, Adam? One A. Do either of you have any A's? <laughs> no, because I didn't get a chance to see this movie. I have a feeling it would be in, have been an A for me. I can't wait to check it out. My A is Colossal. I've been championing this movie since Fantastic Fest. It's Anne Hathaway as a drunk who is connected to a kaiju attacking South Korea. This is the movie that was made for Adam. Because <laughs> it's just weird enough. If anyone is listening and doesn't know what kaiju means, think Godzilla. Yep, giant monster. Um, this movie covers a lot of ground. Um, you know, the alcohol, alcoholism as a monster and some other factors. There's a new trailer out that's a little bit spoilerish I would not watch. Um, this is a good one to go in cold and just knowing that there is a monster, she's connected to it, and see how it spins out. I think it'll be hitting VOD at some point soon. It's in theaters now. 
limited run. I actually checked for the VOD today, and it says question mark, no. Because I thought, oh, I'll watch it today before the podcast tonight. And it's been doing well in New York and LA. It's had pretty good per screen average. But I highly recommend either of you check out Colossal as soon as you can, and anyone yeah. should check well, it, it out. Well, it fits right in my wheelhouse, because I love monster movies. I lo- I, I'm not a big... I know monsters are in the horror genre, so so I guess I am a horror fan to some degree. I love the monster genre. I'm a sucker for any movie that has a monster in it. That's just kind of my thing. So, yeah, I, I would definitely want to see this. And Fantastic Fest alumni will know this is from Nacho Vigalondo. Uh, he did Time Crimes, which you can't get anywhere anymore. I mean, Time Crimes fell off the earth, at least for streaming. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I've seen it a couple yeah. times. If Time Crimes resurfaces, it's a movie you need to check out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of my... I love time travel yeah. movies. And it's a and great that, time travel movie. Yeah, I yeah, like time travel movies. It's a good story. Yeah. That don't yeah. pull punches, and it's confusing. Yeah. Time yeah. travel's confusing. Yes, it is. <clears throat> All right. So okay. that is our wrap-up of the grades we gave out in April. Um, not the best month for movies, so... Yeah. Surprisingly, it's a weird year. February was some, had some good ones. Yeah. And April was a struggle. We're now to May. There's a lot coming out the next two months I'm really excited about. So if you average that, it seems like April was like a C plus. Yeah. I, I've actually averaged all my months, and uh, March was my highest. No, February was my highest. I'm just saying if you take all of us together... Yeah. That was probably a, a C plus. Yeah, I would agree. <clears throat> okay. That'll wrap up our movie grade cards. All right. And when we come back, Adam is going to dive high, not deep. Six thousand feet we're going to climb. Terror at six thousand feet. All right. Stick tuned. You're listening to the Film Coterie Podcast. <laughs> All right, as you may have heard in the previous weeks, I get to I had the chance to take a trip to the very first ever Overlook Film Fest. It takes place in Portland. Uh, halfway up Mount Hood at the Timberline Lodge, made famous by The Shining. And the Timberline Lodge was used for all the exterior shots of The Shining. They filmed the interiors and some other shots in Colorado at the Stanley. And that's important to note because this festival used to be the Stanley Film Fest. They had three years under their belt. For some reason, they've moved west to Timberline. I don't know the reason for the move. I never went to a Stanley Film Festival, but I'd always wanted to. So this year I pulled the trigger and flew west. Nice. So Adam, tell us about your experience. Um, give us a little bit of uh, what would you expect? You know, just I don't know some of the generalities about the Overlook Film Festival. Uh, I knew. I mean, this is a horror film festival, and at these film festivals, it's nice because horror is a broader term than you might expect. There could be some psychological terror movies. There's a period piece about a marriage that's not so great. So it's not just slashers or torture porn or, or what you might expect. It's a wide range of movies. A lot of foreign movies. I think 26 countries or something were represented uh, between the features and the shorts. And the exciting thing is that 
they had some interactive live theater experiences. Uh, I didn't. I got to do the pumpkin pie show. Nice. Now, what is the pumpkin pie show? It's a storyteller author named Clay Chapman. Okay. He really gets involved in the story, and it's just awesome to see because that's kind of a lost art is the that kind of storytelling. So he's very involved with the crowd. He, these are all horrific tales, and he's running around and acting them out and playing characters, and it was really cool to see. And we have some exciting news about that. Is We're going to have an on-location episode soon. Yes. We are working out final details, but Mr. Chapman himself, Pumpkin Pie Show, will be calling in to tell us a scary story while we're on a haunted location. Yeah, and, and if we can just tease it out just a little bit more, the exciting thing is is that we're not only going to be at a haunted location, we're going to get Clay to call in and do a haunted story, a, a story of terror, and then we're going to watch a scary movie and review that movie at this location soon to be named. Soon to be named. Hopefully next week we can give you more details. But Roger will probably end up in a closet with a flashlight. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that would be the... Oh, oh my goodness. Where did Roger go? He went running that way. <laughs> oh, man. So 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 let's go back to Overlook. <laughs> Not me in a closet with yes. a flashlight. Which would have happened at Overlook if you had been there. <laughs> Um, and I'm going to Louisville in, in September. Yes, we announced earlier we'll be at Days of the Dead. Oh, my goodness. So okay. if you've never been to a film festival, it's an interesting experience because you are watching four or five movies a day if you're hitting it hard. The crowd is one of the best parts because you get to know all these people. Fantastic Fest I go to every year, and it's a, it's a pretty good-sized crowd. This was smaller. Um, there's maybe 200 people. So you really got to know some of the other attendees and they're all just awesome people. Um, the weirdest thing in like any group of friends, there might be one horror buff, you know, one. And that's me in this group. And you got to be with your people. That's my tribe. (laughs) (laughs) On the side of a mountain, you found your tribe. Yeah. I can, I can have an honest to God conversation about what you really think of the evil dead remake or you spit out any horror movie and they're ready to talk about it. These That's are, so cool. These are all people that it just runs in their veins. And the people up there were truly awesome. And I got to promote our upcoming Nightmares Film Fest here in Columbus because it's the same type of crowd. I had a lot of fun last year. And I encourage both of you to come with me this year. And I was telling people out there about it. If you can make it to Columbus, we have a really good horror film festival in October. It'll be the second one. And I was also talking to some of the directors about coming out and submitting. So... Hopefully, fingers crossed. It's just a good time, and the horror crowd is different. I mean, it's 65 70% women. I was surprised. I mean, the, the demographics are interesting, and it's not just people that look like they work at Hot Topic. I think that's the common misconception, is that people who go to a horror movie convention are goth teens. Eyeliner. Eyeliner. None of that. Well-adjusted, very friendly people, and it, it's a good time up there talking to everyone. That is so cool, Adam. Now, so so let's talk about um, some of the movies you saw, or what can you talk about from the movies you saw? I can talk about everything, thankfully. There's no embargoes. We had a secret screening on Saturday night, and my prediction was correct. The movie that premiered, world premiere, was It Comes at Night. And that was the trailer that Roger had to close his eyes during and not even... Did you even cover your ears, too? I forget. No, I didn't. I, I, I left my ears open. but my eyes i covered my eyes when they when they started doing the shot of the red door 
and the slow crawl toward the red door. That I just I just went like this, right there, <laughs> over eyes. All right, now for those of you listening, I have my hands over my eyes, and yeah, uh, yeah. If it's really bad, I'll plug the ears and look down and shut the <laughs> eyes. But yeah. So it comes at night is the second movie from Trey, second feature from Trey Edward Schultz. He gave us uh, Cresha last year, which I I liked, but it hit a little too close to home with a bad holiday we had with a family member. So, um, it comes at night is survival horror. I think you can get that from the preview. Something has gone wrong. There's families in the woods. There's a house with a red door and it's tense. It's smart. There's no one making dumb decisions, which I really appreciate. And most of all, it's human. This all feels very natural. Um, I loved it. It comes out in June. I'll probably go see it again in theaters. And the red door, the party at the end, they recreated the hallway with all the pictures on it. Oh, that's cool. And you'll see, I'll post these pictures on our Facebook. They were on my personal Facebook, but I'll put them on the film coterie. They had a DJ spinning in front of a giant red door at the very end of the party. Nice. I'm just going through my notes here. One second. Oh, yes. Two Pigeons. This is the movie that's probably the most movie for me. It's British, and it's about a guy who does not know there's another man living in his apartment. It's really creepy, it's really funny, and it might kill a germaphobe. Roger Shivering. So the the main character... Uh, That's like your worst nightmare. I think it's happening in my apartment. I've joked about this. I'm serious. That you live in an apartment, you're there by yourself... And stuff just always a little bit moved, just slightly moved. Clothes are slightly moved over. I mean, that's just like freaky weirds. Why would people want to go watch something about that? It's so good. Oh, the the hidden tenant uh, comes out at night when the guy goes to bed and comes out during the day when he's at work. Oh, that's so and freaky he, he, weird. He just eats a little bit, so you never know he's there. So he takes little pinches from cereal. Never enough that you know was missing a little splash of milk. He uses the guy's mouthwash and spits it back in the mouthwash. Oh, That's what oh. I mean. There's enough stuff in this that would kill a germaphobe. And he's always messing with the guy. Like he wears mismatched socks that belong to the guy. So the guy's socks pair sock pairs never match up. He unplugs the guy's phone at night so it doesn't charge. He deletes appointments off the calendar. He's just <laughs> always, always messing with you. That's that's wrong. You think you're losing your mind. Not knowing you had a hidden guest in your apartment and that's two pigeons two pigeons so nice i don't know how or when this thing will ever come out but man this is one that this is like what i do at my movie night this is the movie i would love to spring on my crowd another one i was excited about was boys in the trees it's australian it's fairly untraditional for horror and I, i actually i would make you watch this this movie homework because I think it's an interesting coming-of-age movie in high school, senior year. Which I love. I love coming-of-age movies. Yeah, and it's set on Halloween. And I like that because it has such a nice feel to it. Halloween's one night where we're not really ourselves. We put on costumes. We go out. It's such a weird night for the human condition. And that's what it's really about, is that two former friends have grown apart. One is with the popular kids, and one's a, a geek, a nerd, that they pick on. And these two have a walk on a Halloween night, and they realize they're not friends anymore. And they kind of talk about it. The kid that's picked on says, you became a wolf. You know, and it just fits so well with Halloween that 
it's that's cool it's one of the best movies i've seen this year and i'm excited that hopefully it'll come out here and what was it called again adam the boys in the trees the boys in the trees excellent excellent stillborn this is a movie that is not for new parents it's people are going to compare it to paranormal activity because it has some security camera footage it's a different beast which makes it fun um, it's about a couple coming home, birth of a new baby. They were supposed to have twins. Only one makes it. So you have a mother dealing with the recent loss of a child. Postpartum uh, psychosis, not just depression. And lots of creepy stuff starts happening in the house. And you don't know because you have the unreliable narrator of the mom. Is it really happening or is it just in her head? I hate those kind of... Oh, I hate those kind of movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What it was inspired by, and this would scare the crap out of anyone. You know those cheap baby monitors where you get the video feed? If a neighbor has one, you can get cross-signaled signals. So you might, you're might you just watching a crib. You know, you think it's your own room, and then suddenly you see a woman come in and pick up the baby. But you're actually watching next someone door. next door go in and pick up. But just up. imagine what your heart would do <laughs> when you think you're watching your peacefully sleeping child. And a woman you don't know. Okay, I, I'm out. <laughs> and a y'all, woman. Y'all finish the podcast. Roger, we're just talking about a phenomenon that occurs just because you get cross oh, signals and oh. already he's freaking out trying to get out of his chair. I just can't imagine what would happen if you're just watching your sleeping child and all of a sudden there's a woman you don't know picking him up. Thank God they didn't have video monitors when I had babies. All they had was audio. See, we never we, uh, we had a video monitor. We never got any crosstalk. We would pick up. Um, weird signals sometimes, but not in the video, just in the audio. So, I mean, in the middle of the night, sometimes that gets a little freaky. <laughs> yeah. So this one scariest movie at the fest and, oh man, there's so many good scenes. Uh, there's a scene where she picks up the one baby. They haven't taken down the other crib yet. And she hears a second child crying <laughs> and she backs up to it. She knows, she knows she's a little bit crazy. But just the tension. She's backing up to it. She's closing her eyes. She puts her hand on the crib. She hasn't turned around yet. You feel like the whole audience is just balled up into their chairs like, oh, what's going to happen? What's in the crib? Yeah, I'm white knuckling the table right now. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's very effective scares and tension. There's jump scares. They're all well executed. I'm not a huge fan of the jump scare, but here they work. Um, I hope this movie gets released. It'll work for audiences, and it might terrify new parents. There's already the horror of having to take care of another life, but add in the supernatural element, and it takes it to another level. Oh, my gosh. We saw the world premiere of Stephanie, the new film from Blumhouse, and I don't think there's a trailer for it yet. I don't know if this is going to go in the theaters or VOD or what. It's centered around a little girl's performance. She's really good. She was the youngest daughter from Captain Fantastic, the little blonde girl. Okay. She steals a show in this movie again. She carries a lot of scenes by herself. It's post-apocalypse. Something's happened, and there's a little girl just living in a house by herself. But something's taking care of her. Um, she's also scared. There's a monster that comes at night. And then her parents come, and it, it, it spirals out of control a little bit. It doesn't finish as strong as it started. But it's an interesting movie. I like what they've done with it. Uh, Kiva Goldsman directed it. He got an Academy Award for Beautiful Mind. He wrote that. So it's called cool. Stephanie. I'm curious how they're going to advertise it. 
because it's really it switches gears. It's two different horror movies, so I don't know what they're going to focus on. The stronger point is definitely when she's just by herself and there's weird stuff going on. So, so I have a question for you, Adam. You're here with all these horror nuts, people who love horror movies. So when you see um, one of these movies that has the jump scares and the tension, what is the crowd like if they're all horror nuts? They jump, yeah. I mean, you know, when this plays in the regular theater, it's the date movie, and you have the screaming and hollering and, you know, jumping. Is it much, Are they more subdued because they've seen it all, or does it still get them some? They're, they're more subdued. There's no talking at the screen. It's more a respectful crowd. Um, we were just in, like, conference room chairs. And normally in a theater, the chairs are connected. You can actually kind of feel when your whole row jumps at a horror movie. You don't really feel that here because you're just in the separate chairs. Right. But, like, I know Stillborn was effective with the scares. The fun thing with the crowds is sometimes they really appreciate a good kill or a good, like, the hero got the enemy. So there's applause that can break out spontaneously and stuff like that. Um, Two pigeons killed. That's the one about the guy. I mean, it was just so gross. But the audience was very appreciative for them going that far with it. Oh, yeah, let me say this with Stephanie. So Anna Torv is in it. She was the lead oh, yeah. agent from Fringe. Yeah. And I haven't seen her much since I Fringe. haven't either. She has a fan group. A rabid, crazy fan group. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you want to know how I know this? I tweeted, I'm seeing the world premiere of Stephanie. And my Twitter blew up with people from this Anna Torv fan group asking for pictures of her. They wanted me to take pictures of the movie, take pictures of her feet. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, didn't, I, I was taken aback. Like at first when I got, that's kind of funny. And then more and more from the Anator fan group. So, Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to leave that alone. And no, I was never going to pull out my camera to world premiere and take any pictures of the screen or anything else. So they were just bizarre requests. Yep. And it, it surprised me. Cool. So what are some of the other things you saw that really stood out to you that you liked? Um, well, let me throw out some of the other podcasters. I met them on the last oh, yeah. night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a pair of Canadian friends I made, and they do the Nightmare on Film Street podcast. And I talked to John at the last party, and he's, an, he's a nice guy. Um, we talked about Evil Dead 2, and actually Bram Stoker's Dracula came up, because I had just rewatched that. So we were talking about how it aged. And I listened. They did their podcast today, I believe, a bonus episode where they gave their own highlights of the fest. And they, I mean, I'm, I'm on board with everything they said. I pretty much agreed with their takes on the movies, and I think they did a good podcast. So I recommend you check it out. They're called Nightmare on Film Street, and they really cover Toronto Film Fest every year. So when that comes around, I'll be listening to them. Nice. Any other podcasters or people that you were able to connect with? Uh, yeah, I'd give a shout out to Nick Bruno. He was the publicity manager for the fest. They had a hospitality area and I would go up there between movies to write. There's the rooms are really small. The rooms are small enough. There's no place to put your laptop. There's no desk. Wow. So it was nice to go up there and work and actually have some space. Nick was up there every day. I usually sat at his table. Just a really nice guy. So he's also a fantastic fest goer. He recognized me from there. Nice. And I'm now part of the Fantastic Fiends or whatever Facebook group. So you introduced me to that. Cool. I want to go back next year. 
I'll say that I here's what I do. I always go to Fantastic Fest and then I try another festival every year, kind of spreading it around. But I'm now at the point I have the fear of missing out. This was so good at Overlook that I'm fearful of what I would miss if I didn't go next year. They haven't announced new dates. Wow. But I want to go back. Okay. So uh, I think that wraps up my coverage from Overlook. If you met me there or we hung out or anything, shoot me a message. If you have other podcasts, uh, let me know. I'd like to listen to them. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the Overlook recap. And when we come back, are we movie homework? Yep, movie homework. All right. You're listening to The Film Coterie. We'll be right back. time for movie homework it's been two weeks yes so we had some time to get these done more time than usual and i'm looking at the list of movies here and i don't know who talked first last time but i gotta start with roger only because he saw holy motors (laughs) and i don't want to wait another minute longer (laughs) i want to know what he thinks of this movie wow holy motor (laughs) holy motors what a movie. Um I'll say this right from the right from the start, I have never seen a movie quite like this before. Um didn't think that you would have. I don't know if there's ever been a movie quite like this before. I gotta be honest with you, I really dug this movie. I really liked it a <laughs> lot. I mean, if you like movies and you like the, the how like one person can portray all these different characters, you know, like that's what an actor does. This this movie is such a commentary for me on movies in general. Well, what was the main character's name? I, oh, um, Oscar. Oscar. Yes, <laughs> yes, Oscar. And and so let me give you a little premise, a little background about this movie from my perspective. Then Matt can jump. And don't in here. worry about spoilers. It it came out yeah. in twenty twelve. So it's definitely an art house kind of film. And I loved, I loved some of the stuff that's in this. The movie opens, guy gets out of bed like anybody else would. He saunders over and he's got this beautiful wall of trees. And he feels around and he finds a keyhole. And then he takes the key that's growing out of his finger and puts it in the keyhole and turns it. And opens the door and walks out of these stairs into this glorious movie house, you know. And so there's all kinds of weird artistic things like, you know, the, the dancing naked guy during the breaks and at the end, you know, and as the movie starts. I mean, it's all these kind of weird. And that opening scene wasn't the audience asleep. If they they might have been, yeah, or you know, well, the first time it showed him, it was just like silhouettes. And then, then you, when he actually goes into the room. Um, it's kind of like they're asleep and there's a little child that's walking around and this massive dog is following it. It's just kind of like, what? Y- immediately you're going, what is this? What's going on here? You know, what's this movie? It kind of sets you uh, sets you apart, sets you back a little bit. And then it flashes to a guy who gets up, 
goes out of his house and get, he gets into this white limousine and it's kind of like the TARDIS. It appears quite bigger on the inside than it actually is, you know. Maybe it's not, but it appears like he's in this massive dressing room with all these costumes. And we discover he has nine appointments that day. And so each of these nine appointments are him putting on these elaborate costumes and transforming himself and, 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 and coming out of the, lim- the limousine and he's performing a scene from what he's transformed himself into, even though the cameras now it's alluded to that this guy's been doing this so long that the cameras used to be real big and could be seen. So it's almost like this is a futuristic world where the cameras are real small and they're shooting it in the real world. Right. Um, which I thought was kind of cool, you know? So it's like the real world is the stage of life. There's so many layers of metaphor, (laughs) so many layers here. And just to give you an example, the very first scene, he plays this old, decrepit beggar woman. Just literally, I didn't even know it was him when he got out. I thought it was somebody else. Just I thought, okay, so a weird woman got out of this car. Then you realize it's him. And the very next stop he goes to, he puts on this suit of, you know, where they mocap him. And he's doing all these ninja flips and this intense seductress you know tango with another creature and even that i mean all it's all commentary on society you know he's doing all this stuff and then they're showing a video game being produced and these two dragon snake-like creatures intertwining and, and so i'm like this is pretty cool right and so it just go, he goes from one appointment to the other and each one he trans he he changes radically changes and they don't give you the whole story. I mean, one one appointment he shows up and there's this he plays an old man that dies. And there's this very impassioned scene. Oh, and you discover there's another actor that does the exact same thing he does. That's the girl that's crying over him, you know. So I really loved this movie. I mean, I love this has been like for me the best recommendation I've gotten since we started this podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I I, I, I I'm totally <laughs> If you love movies and you love what an actor goes through to transform themselves and then pull it off, whoever this French dude is, is amazing. So big thumbs up for me. It's, it is a weird movie. I, mean, I got to tell you. What did you think of the, his last appointment? Very strange. <laughs> I mean, just when you let your guard down. It was. It was like. You let your guard yeah. down and you're like. Okay, he's his last appointments with his wife and kids, and then it's. Sh- I mean, I guess we could spoil it. Yeah, yeah into the I window, mean- and it's a chimpanzee, and you're like, "What the <laughs> is going on here?" You know. Yeah. What I like about this movie is that you can't refer it to your friend that kind of likes movies. Oh, oh no, no, not yeah, at all. No. If this- you're just a casual, I'm gonna say this right now on the. If you're just a casual moviegoer, do not watch this movie. But if you're hardcore, if you're really into movies and you're into kind of artsy stuff, because I didn't know this, the dude getting out of the bed was the director of the movie. Yep. yep. And, and what does the director do? He has the keys in his hand to unlock the world of movies, to unlock life to us, you know. So cool, the metaphors. And every one of those scenes, I really want to rewatch this movie. Mm-hmm. I've watched it a number of times. Yeah. Just just to look at what is he, what is the commentary I mean, there's a scene where he gets out and he plays a beast 
and he's just driven by by a, an animalistic nature kind of thing. And and there's a commentary where the this guy wants to vid, wants to shoot that, wants to picture that Beauty and the Beast together. I mean, just so so cool stuff in this movie. Yeah, the the guy he plays in the green suit. Is that who you're talking about as the Beast? Yes. Okay. He has done that character before, the director. They've made a couple shorts. That was a short. Yeah, that was a short yeah. that they had done before. Yeah. The really good emotional scenes. You said the hospital one, but I really like the Kylie Minogue scene, too, where he talks to her and they're playing the music in the abandoned kind of mall. They go yeah. up to the roof. Oh, yeah, very good. The scene with his quote-unquote daughter in the mm-hmm. car is yeah. very touching. Yeah. Very real. You know, I'm going to have to punish you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just the way he parented this daughter was like, oh, okay. You know, and then he's like, your punishment is you get to be you. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I like the musical interlude at the Warrior House where he's that was so cool. Yep. And it was like a whole, it was like a a flash mob uh, developed (laughs) right there in the, in the warehouse or whatever, you know. When I went to, I saw this movie with Matt originally when it came out. You didn't really know what it was going to be from the trailers. I heard really good buzz. I mean, I heard some critics I trust say this might be their favorite movie of the year. Um, I was worried it was going to be a Terrence Malick movie where it's just empty. All substance, all flash. I mean, no substance, all flash. Yeah. Just and it was weird not. movie. And this movie's got layers. Yeah. Which so, I appreciate. Yes. This is not yes. just empty eye candy. No, it is not. If you are a hardcore movie guy, you need to see Holy Motors. It is so good. So many layers to it. So many... So much commentary. I mean, I mean, I literally want uh, right now. I want to put it on my computer and watch it again. You know, so good. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Uh, the only bad thing is I don't know too many other movies like Holy Motors that I could recommend to you no. if you like it. So I mean, you know, what else is like that? Nothing, I, nothing that, that I know of. I mean, I like movies about Hollywood and movies about movies, but this is a whole nother level. Of a movie about movies, you know? Yeah. Or the profession of acting or, or life. Yeah, yeah, or, exactly, I mean, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, you awesome, know? man. And, and even even the ending of the movie, when they pull all the limousines in, then you see what Holy Motors is. What is that? Is that a metaphor for like heaven and life and, and all of creation exists in this warehouse and he's, sh- and he's showing us that? And then, and then you think the movie's ending. I don't want to give stuff away. And then the, I, I, and then I, I the wanna, cars and then the yes, cars talk to one yes. another. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just oh so yeah. Yeah. It, I really enjoyed it. Liked it a lot. I'll probably buy it and own it. I'll probably yeah. get a get a copy of it. Yeah. All right. So the movie I watched, Roger gave me a horror movie. Yes. The Ghost Walks. Not just any horror movie, but a good B horror movie yep. from the thirties. With bad video, bad audio, parts <laughs> of the film reel would just die off. Yep. <laughs> oh, so anyway, go ahead. So, I went in cold. I just threw it on. It's on Amazon Prime if you want to watch it. Um, it didn't work for me. It got an air code saying the material was not available. So I That's watched weird. It. Yeah, I watched it on YouTube. And I thought it was going to be a little bit House on Haunted Hill. Because you have a... This is a fairly typical setup. A car breaks yep. down. Let's go stay at the old spooky house where we know the people. And then mysterious things start happening. And I, so it wasn't just YouTube. The audio is bad on this movie. 
Is that what you were saying earlier? No, it's just bad all around. Yes. Yeah, because I was I was watching it, and it there are times when it's hard to tell. The audio talking. will just cut out, or yeah. or the audio the, you'll see them start to talk, and then the audio comes in on top of okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. It wasn't just the YouTube copy because no, it was a little bit of a struggle to watch this movie. I mean, it parts are funny. Um, it just made me miss. This would have been a fun Vincent Price movie a couple decades later. Sure. And it actually made me in the mood to watch some Vincent Price. I mean, I've liked all of his movies that I've seen. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I immediately leapt to House on Haunted Hill. And I, I might watch that again sometime soon. There's a little bit of a twist here and there. Um, you realize that they're putting on a play. Yeah. And, and it's funny. They give you this. And, it, you know, now it's it's a time-worn, well-worn. It's been done a hundred times, you know. It wasn't so much as done that way. This was kind of like, I, I, I say that this movie is kind of like the horror spoofs that come out today. Yeah. Kind of like the, what is the... Um, like I, scary movie? Yeah, like scary movie. That was what they were trying. They got a bunch of B actors and they said, let's do all the tropes of a horror movie. Let's have the eyes that come that remove out. You know, in the and, pictures, yeah, and they're like the guy to climb up and put his fingers in the. Oh, wait, there's our eyes that are bad, you know, and and all of all of those tropes are in that. Then you always have the old stupid old fuddy dud. It's like, oh, you've tried to fool me. It was a play. I read the script, so now I'm not going to believe any of the horror jokes for the rest of the movie, you know. And uh, so, I, I, to me, I sat and watched it and just chuckled and really, really <laughs> yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I laughed too. Uh, you have to go into it realizing it's not a good. It's like a C movie. It's not even a B. <laughs> it's not even B quality. It's C quality movie. You know, but uh, yeah, it was. It was. I don't know. Something different. Yeah, a little fun, a little different. I, I almost wonder what started this. I don't know what movie is really first for the couples arriving at the haunted house. There's usually there wasn't in this movie, but there's almost always a seance. There's always Madame Zostra. Oh yeah, well, and she what well, there was in this one. She remember oh, she yeah, had yeah. the vision. She had the eye. She could speak to the dead. Yeah, you're right. See, <laughs> they all have the seance. That's it's all the same stuff, man. You're right. I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. This. Oh no, it's all in there in seventy glorious minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's thankfully short, really short. No, I mean you're exactly right. It's not. It's not a good movie. It's just one of those movies that. I'll now keep in my collection yeah. when I'm like, I want to watch something really stupid and dumb from the 30s. What's your take on Vincent Price? Did you like some of his horror movies? Very much so. Okay. Love Vincent Price. Yeah. yeah. So essentially what we've determined, Roger, is you are a horror fan. I am. You just don't like certain kinds of horror. It, that's exactly right. All right. Yeah. Go. Fair enough. All right. Our last movie, I gave Matt Deathgasm. Yay! And we both like the series called Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. And that cuts pretty close to this movie. Yes. And someone else I know also liked that series was going to check out this movie. So, Matt, what did you think of Deathgasm? I, I liked it. Um, I've had two weeks to watch it. I've actually watched it three times. <laughs> so, uh, if that tells you anything. Uh, I had seen this movie. I streamed it from Netflix. I know you own it. Uh, I had seen it, wanted to stop a couple times, just never got around to watching it, so I'm glad you gave it to me. Um, but essentially, it's a story about two teenage boys um, who are in a heavy metal band, wanting to play some brutal metal, uh, come across one of their idols, track him down, 
get a song, and it turns out to be the black hymn to summon the devil. <laughs> so essentially, they bring about the apocalypse, and then them trying to correct that. Um, it's gory. I love it, but it's not. I mean, it, it's just a splatter fest. It's nice once it gets going. It's yeah. splatter, but it's sure. It's just good fun. The reason movie. I recommended this is that. The fun translates. Yes. There's such does. a love for the genre in this movie. Yes. The directors had fun making it. It all translates to the crowd. I mean, it's infectious. Yeah, it works. I mean, the the humor in this, it just works. Some horror movies that try to do this, they it's that fine line between gore and funny, and some of them can't walk that line. This thing, it's, I, it's dead on. At least for me, it was. Yeah. It was... I find myself laughing throughout this whole movie. Um, you know, you don't know the actors in it. They're all New Zealand. I like that accent. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's funny seeing the New Zealand accent with like heavy metal. Right, New Zealand metalheads. <laughs> New, New Zealand metalheads that get beat up at school, <laughs> school, which is totally not my experience with metalheads. Normally they were the ones beating up people <laughs> at school. Um, but... You know, the the main character, Brody, uh, who plays lead guitar in a in the metal band called Deathgasm, which, by the way, you if you try to find this movie at Walmart, it's not sold as Deathgasm. It's sold as Heavy Metal Apocalypse <laughs> because Deathgasm is just too controversial. Uh, but he has a cry. I mean, it's also a love, st- I mean, love story thrown in. He falls, uh, he falls for one of the more popular girls at school. And I think it was a really great, is a super great scene in the movie where they've just made their first video, right? And they're all in corpse paint. And she comes by, wants to see if he wants an ice cream. He agrees. And they're sitting on a park bench, this beautiful picturesque scene. She's sitting there all prim and proper like sundress on, eating ice cream. And here, and here's Brody in corpse paint. Just licking an ice cream. <laughs> and he's like, you should try out some of my music. And he just keeps handing her these horrific metal CDs with just these grotesque scenes on it. Like naked fat ladies getting disemboweled and a cow, um, like, yeah, I mean, prolapsed rectum from a cow. I mean, it's just horrific and she's just like accepting it all and then finally he's like no no try this one and you're like there's no way you think that's going to be the end of this that's no way this is happening and you know she listens to the album for the first time and all of a sudden it's like the you know three chicks on top of a mountain with swords raised to the sky and that's what she sees when she listens to the music and you're like (laughs) okay now now they are going to get together and it was it just worked. It was fun. It was it was really good. Um, you know, if you're looking for some horror twisty whatever, that's that's not this. It's fun, splatter, good. I I liked it. I watched it three times. Yeah. So this is a movie I want to point to in the future because some horror can feel pretty soulless. It was just assembly line made for a studio. This is just pure love of the genre, and it translates. Yeah. It's just enjoyable throughout. So if you think you might like Deathgasm, you will like it. So I would I would check it out. Did you watch it, Roger? I did. What'd you think of it? Well, I'll say this. Um like 
like take the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Which I think is brilliant comedy. Some people think that's the stupidest movie on the planet. So I fall into the other category with Deathgasm. It just didn't work for it wasn't my thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's just a, a subjective matter of taste. It just I was you know I wouldn't go say anything. <laughs> That's fine. No, 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 I'm curious. Was it the humor didn't work for you or I don't I don't know what to say. I, I just I didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't I don't know. I just I just wasn't in. It just wasn't my I gotcha. thing. Just wasn't yeah. my thing. No, but if and if you've ever seen this and like it, you might want to check out Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. It's kind of in the same vein. Heavy metal. It's surprisingly violent for a TV show too. It Lots is. of blood and, and monsters. Um, I only ran two seasons, but I I enjoyed that show quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah, me and my wife both watched it and enjoyed it. So yeah. So we have to assign new homework, right? Yep. Matt went last. So I get to assign you first. Get to go first. I get Adam. Woo, I've had two weeks to think about it. I even brought him in my office and said, This have you seen this? He hadn't. So I get to give Adam a horror movie he hasn't seen. Awesome. So uh Adam, your movie uh for next week is Jug Face. And it's on Shudder. It is. The reason I know that. <laughs> I was on Shutter today and I saw Jug Face on there. I'm like, Jug Face? Why does that sound familiar? And until right now, I forgot that Matt was going to sign it to me. <laughs> but I literally saw it today and I'm like, man, I must That's be losing awesome. my mind. Jug Face sounds familiar for some reason. So I will be happy to check out Jug Face. Yep. I have Roger. All right. Roger gave me a horror movie. I'm going to return the favor. It's a haunted house movie, kind of. Man, I'll take that back. It's called The House of the Devil. <laughs> this is a Thai West film. And this is one of my favorite slow burn movies of the last couple of years. Oh, this is a bad. I've seen this. It's, it's not, not bad, Roger. It's fine. Okay, here we go. So, <laughs> Ty did a good job of really capturing the feel of some 70s era babysitter movies. She goes to a house yeah. on, I believe, Halloween. Some some full moon night. Yes. A night <laughs> a night a that you moon. don't want to be in and a horror movie. She's watching Grandma. Not a kid. Oh, boy. Grandma's upstairs, and you're not to bother her. You're just here in case something happens. So she's by herself in a big old creepy house. The couple goes out, and things happen. Nice. Uh, slow burn. I, so it's one of those movies where it's dread, 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 explosion at the end. Which I like. Just stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But he really captured the era with this movie. Yeah. I think that's one of the more exciting things about it. It's it's not a throwback for throwback's sake. I think he made a good film of that era today. So House of the Devil, it's on Shutter. And I am very anxious for you to watch it. I will watch it and report back next week. All right. Oh, and Tom Noonan's great in this. He's the dad. Um, he gives a good performance. Nice. Oh, oh I have Matt. You have Matt. <laughs> yes. So 
All right, I decided to pull out a freaky movie as myself as well. Weird, strange, but of course it said in the 1930s. <laughs> Which one? So, a this is the tagline for this film, and uh, I think you're you'll probably hate it, but I I want you to watch <laughs> it anyway because poor Matt, strange and weird and freaky. This is the tagline. A circus beautiful trapeze artist agrees to marry the leader of a sideshow performers, but his deformed friends discover she is only marrying him for his inheritance. And it's Todd Browning's 1932 Freaks. Freaks? I've shown that at my place. Matt, I might have seen it. Oh, are you hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. With the worm boy. No, I did not make it to your house for this one, so oh. I have not seen it. Worm there you boy. go. Yeah. Oh, but you know what's happening? I like to stay <laughs> in the same genre with, with Roger, and he just gave me a circus movie. Oh, no. Jodorowsky? Um, oh. Either that or The Last, Last Circus. circus. Uh, so this is so 30, either maybe so you this movie? Yes. I That's have show, awesome. I have shown this movie. Uh, I, I sat there and I thought, what is the freakiest, weirdest thing from the 30s I have seen? And this is it. Oh, there's Half Boy. Worm Boy is more what? interesting. Yep. All right. All right. What was he going to do with that knife? What's that? Worm Boy. He crawls through the mud. He's holding the knife in his teeth. Yeah. But what's he going to do after that? There's no step two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's what? the question mark. <laughs> Profit. <laughs> oh, man. So, in the 30s, you know, freaks mess with a lot of people. If I were to travel back in time and show people The Exorcist, what do you think that would have done to the crowds in the 30s? It would have blown their minds away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, literally, you would have had people die in the movie theater. Because we've built up a tolerance to horror. I mean, yes. it has to get more shock value as we go through the decades. Yeah. I would have single-handedly increased church attendance in the 30s. <laughs> see, see, I don't know. The more and more I watch like documentaries of that time, like, they, they were, it's just the same stuff was happening, just people weren't talking about it. Yeah. They had shame <laughs> as a society, so they didn't talk about well, it. And in, in but the, they still in the did 30s, weird they were, things. In the 30s, they were into the weird and fantastical yeah. anyway. The circus shows and the yeah. weird and... I mean, now, I mean, think about like the satanic panic of like the 80s. Like, yep. you had a seance. That was, you were going to hell. Oh, you were gosh. inviting, you know, it was bad. But like, at the turn of the century, back in the 20s and 30s, like... That's seances that was like high scale party oh yeah oh, of course we're gonna have a seance yes. of course we're gonna talk to the dead of course <laughs> yeah so. yeah i played D in my household i went to catholic school and there were other kids that couldn't there were kids that were forbidden from doing anything with magic in it so oh yeah yeah because that was like satanic panic era the devil man. yeah and look at all of us we all turned into satanists didn't we <laughs> Roger, your movie again is The House of the Devil. <laughs> and here I am watching The House of the Devil. Look yeah. at the fruit of all that yeah. satanic panic of the 80s. <laughs> well, that I mean, that's what that movie kind of captures is that, I mean, because I yeah. think that's kind of a theme in that. You'll, It's good. Have I'm you ever awesome. seen, I'm, I'm asking for the future. You've never seen Suspiria, have you? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Suspiria. I already hear the goblin score in my head just as I say it. I'm just going to start a lion. And try to fake my way through. I it. have seen every horror movie ever. Yes, I've seen them all. <laughs> this uh, movie reminds me a little bit of Suspiria too, but that won't mean anything okay. to you. All right. 
Is that going to wrap it up for movie homework? It does. All right. We'll be right back with coming attractions. You're listening to the film coterie. That is wrapping up our episode. Next week, we're not excited about this. I am no. Okay. You don't. Spe- I am very excited to see this movie. You're very this. excited. Very, about this. very. Are you really very excited? Yes, I love all things King Arthur, Merlin, Camelot, Sword in the Stone. I love it. Oh, did you say Excalibur? I love Excalibur. We're going to see Excalibur. No, we're going to see King <laughs> Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Yes, Excalibur. <laughs> Yes, it could be. It could be very good. It, you're right. It could. <laughs> Emphasis added, this, underlined. This bolded. film has been in the can for a while. I think I'm the only person that has any interest in seeing this movie. I mean, I would go I mean, see this. I mean, listen, I, if if it was not a Thursday night, I'm going to go see this movie. I will. I will say this. It's not a movie I would typically go see in the theater. On my own, would I have watched this? When it came out on streaming or HBO or Showtime sure. or something, absolutely, I would watch it. Uh, but I don't think I would have gone to the movies to watch it. Oh, fair enough. So that's the movie, I believe, on tap next week. I don't think there's any other options. Everyone is getting out of the way of Guardians of the Galaxy because it's a monster. And then the week after that is Alien. So... Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Which hopefully will be a step up from the last Prometheus. From Prometheus, yes. They, I mean, it was called Prometheus 2 for a while, but they, as you can tell, went full blown alien and just called it that alien. That was smart. Covenant. Tried to yeah. distance themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not tie it to Prometheus. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just go back to alien. Um, we'll have a special announcement soon, next week, probably. Yep. We should. For will. a on location episode we'll be shooting. But yeah, it will be a lot of fun. I think the film coterie in this year, moving forward, we're going to have some locations. We're going to be filming outside, out and about. So we'll definitely do something in, in Louisville. And uh, we've got another location we're heading to. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. So that wraps up our episode. We're easy to find online. We're filmcoterie.com. We're on Facebook. Just look up Film Coterie and we appear magically. And we're on Twitter with the handle at FilmCoterie. So tweet at us. I forgot to mention that we are doing a box office derby for the summer. Oh, yes. Next week, we will reveal our picks. We're doing a top 10 list. If you awesome. want to join in on us, you still can. You have till Friday at 5, which is tomorrow. Yep. Um, shoot an email to FilmCoterie at gmail.com. Put in your picks of 1 through 10 of where you think movies are going to finish for the box office this summer. And also three wild cards you think may get in. And we will add you to the list to play along with us. Awesome. And, and then I'm sure me and Adam will once again lose to the almighty Roger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, this is a, this is a crapshoot. Who knows, you know? I did, though, go back and look at every single one of those movies. If, they, if it was a sequel, what the previous movie's box office was. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. There's yeah. some... 
There's interesting dynamics. As far as I know, I don't know. Very interesting dynamics. I don't know that a Despicable Me and a big Pixar movie ever been close and released this year they are. I don't know if audiences are still warm to pirates or not. Yeah. Same thing with Transformers. It feels. And like it's- I have, I have. A, I'm not. This, this is a little. This little. Uh, not a spoiler or anything, but a little teaser. I have a sleeper in my top five. Really? Yep. Well, then it wouldn't be a. Oh, I mean. That I picked to be instead right. of it being. It would normally be. It's pro- it might be you guys' wild card. You might not even have this on your top ten. King Arthur. <laughs> King Arthur. <laughs> No, no, I did not. But I have I have a, a sleeper that I'll reveal next week that made my top five. The nut job, too. Nutty by nature. I'm not saying anything till <laughs> oh next week. God. I saw the poster for that movie tonight, and I thought you were kidding. <laughs> when, you, when, when you said we were joking around top two, you were like, nut job. No, nut job, too. <laughs> nutty by nature. I wish I'd come up I with that. I didn't even the know there was a nut job one. Yes. That's a shame. Can we not talk about nut jobs? <laughs> yeah, we can move on. Okay. So thank you for listening. Yes. And we will return next week. All right. Catch you later.